everyone, and welcome back to Akin Speaks. Today is a special episode as it is the first to air in our What Am I Doing With My Life series. This is a question that I have personally asked myself multiple times throughout my college career, and it's something that I'm still looking for answers to. When it comes to figuring out what you should major in or what you should pursue after college, it can be really helpful to get advice from people who were in your shoes not too long ago and have gone down a path that you could potentially learn from. That sort of idea is what inspired this series, where we bring recent Duke postgrads to speak about the path they chose for themselves, so you can hopefully learn something from their story. Today, we are starting off with a conversation about pre-med here at Duke, specifically leading into med school. We were joined by four awesome panelists for this episode, each of which had some amazing advice and really inspirational stories to share. However, this was actually our first phone interview here on Akin Speaks, and we of course managed to mess up the audio for those that were calling in. So if you want to read the transcribed version of those interviews, which I really do recommend because I learned a lot from them, then go to akin.colab.duke.edu to find them on our website. So without further ado, onto the episode. So hi everyone, thank you so much for joining me today. So to start off our discussion, why don't we just go around and have everyone share their name, when they graduated from Duke, and then what sort of aspects of medicine they're currently interested in pursuing. Uh, so hey everybody, my name is Aman. Um, I graduated Duke in 2015. I'm a third year medical student at Duke. Just decided to stay here, loved it <laughs> a lot. Um, currently, so third year is our research year, doing a lot of research in, um, so some cancer research, some cardiology research, and a lot of machine learning and data science research. So I'm Nally. I also graduated from Duke in 2015, but I am a first year uh, medical student also at Duke, and I'm fairly unsure of what I want to do right now, but probably something in global health. So what made you all decide to be pre-med in the first place, would you say? Uh, So I think I probably always thought about medicine as, like, back when I was, like, little, maybe even elementary school. I grew up on a farm, and I was a dancer all throughout high school, so I was always very interested in how the world worked. And when I came to Duke, I got involved in a lot of um, projects abroad, working with refugee and immigrant communities, which really shifted my interest in medicine from um, solely biomedical reasons to more the idea of what it means to suffer, what it means to heal, and how medicine and health can be an avenue of social justice. And that's, I think, really what cemented my desire to go down that route. And when do you think that kind of like clicked into place for you? Um, I think it was a fairly slow process, but just witnessing and working with communities also here in Durham and seeing that health is tied so much to if you can work, if you can go to school, if you can start a family. In many ways, health is how it's one way that we can achieve our dreams. And so seeing people who didn't have health and were very vulnerable and how that impacted what they could do and what they could not do. I think by the time I graduated, I was sure about what I wanted to do. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So um, it's kind of a funny story because I came into Duke not wanting to go into medicine at all. Um, I came in as an ECE major, decided I wanted to do some econ after that. Like this is all during first year. Um, tried philosophy for for a little bit. It was like 10 different majors before um, I really decided to go to um, Tanzania the summer as my freshman year um, to do some work with Engineering World Health. 
Um, the irony being that after that trip, we so we worked in hospitals in Tanzania, and after that trip, even though I liked engineering, what I really liked was working in the hospitals, and so that made me make that switch over to medicine. Um, and then doing you know everything that pre-meds do, you know volunteering, research, and things like that, I realized that that was really what I loved doing. Um, so it was a little unorthodox. Um, my parents definitely gave me some crap for that. Um, but, you know, I think in the end, it was a really great experience going through all of, all of those majors and like really finding out that medicine was what I was really passionate about. Okay, so how did you go about choosing the major to go along with the pre-med requirements? Sure, I can start this one, I guess. Um, so, like I said, I went through probably 10 different majors my first year, none of them really medicine-related. Um, realized, you know, my sophomore year that I wanted to do medicine, switched over to chemistry. And the reason for that was not the best reason. Um, it wasn't because I was passionate about chemistry. It did fulfill a lot of the requirements that I had, that I needed at that point. I think it might have changed now. I think schools don't even require, some schools don't even require pre-med requirements anymore. Um, but the reason I switched really was because I wanted some free time during my senior year um, to take off maybe a semester or even a year to really try something in the Durham community, uh, which ended up being awesome, actually. I, I had a great experience working with um, some cool tech startups in Durham, um, and that kind of helped me realize that what I wanted to do for my research year, too. So that was really cool. Um, I would not suggest going down that route just because that's pretty convoluted. And looking back, I think there are a ton of majors that really um, give you kind of an advantage going into med school in the sense that if, if you're a master in some other kind of discipline that's mm -hmm. not really medicine related, for example, if I had to go back, I'd probably choose comp sci. It, it just provides you such a, such an amazing tool going into medicine and being that kind of a physician. Yeah, I was actually, that's a follow-up question that we sure. had, which was just how feasible do you think it is for students who have that kind of other passion or major they might prefer yeah. Yeah. Um, to pursue it? Like, how, yeah. how stressed are they? I mean, in college, Oh, I oh, no, it's just, I think it's gotten even easier, to be honest, as, times, as time has gone on. And um, the reason I know this is because, you know, I have friends who are younger than me who are going through the, the whole process now of applying to med school. And like I said, there are definitely some med schools that don't, and you might actually know more about this, Natalie, but there are definitely some med schools, I think, that don't even require, like, pre-med, traditional pre-med oh, requirements wow. anymore, yeah. which that's is incredible. Awesome. And I yeah. think that that's totally the right track because I can tell you nothing I learned in my major applies to <laughs> okay, medicine. It doesn't. Gonna, it just doesn't. And ask. it doesn't. And I don't think that... Um, if I, if I could go back, I probably wouldn't do the major that I picked. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the one benefit was that I did get that amazing Extra experience time. at the end of my senior year, um, mm -hmm. which I don't think happens in every single major. Um, but yeah, bottom line, pick, pick the major you're actually interested in mm -hmm. um, and see if you can apply it to medicine. You know, if you're passionate about medicine, there are tons of ways. I've seen people with English degrees really apply that to medicine. It's amazing. I agree completely. So... I came to Duke thinking I was going to be a biology and dance double major, and then because of Duke's foreign language requirement, I randomly decided to take Arabic my first semester, and after that, I was like, I'm going to be an Arabic major, I'm going to do Asian Middle Eastern studies, and then the summer after my sophomore year, I did Duke Engage in Egypt and then did Duke Immerse with the Keenan Institute for Ethics, where I did field work in Jordan, and I was like, wait, there's so much I still want to do, so I decided I was going to try to do a Program 2 major. And so I applied for that a total of three times before I got it. Um, so I ended up looking at sort of health and the intersection, well, basically the intersection of health and conflict in the Middle East, so combining um, anthropology, sociology, poli-sci, and I was able to fit in some of the pre-med requirements through 
the idea of looking health through like a biomedical lens. But um, yeah, so I, I like I'm so happy I decided to go that route because That's so legit, dude. yeah, yeah. It really is. <laughs> awesome. it's like when you when you're passionate about your major, it I think it's so helpful for like medical school application process. I mean, that's the interviewers want to talk to you about something you're passionate about. And it really also grounds you in what kind of physician you want to be when you have a passion that's not just, oh, I'm going to be a biology major because that's what pre-meds do. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so what sort of extracurriculars and opportunities did you do throughout your undergraduate experience? And which of those do you think proved to be the most useful later on? Okay, so I did Duke EMS, I did Duke Engage, as like I said, I also did Duke Immerse. I was also really involved with um, a project through Keenan that works with um, refugee children here in Durham and um, refugee women. So from all different countries, Iraq, Syria, um, Sudan, and I think it's a lot of applicants when they think about service and those types of activities that med schools expect, um, it can get easy, it can be fairly easy to think, oh, I need to go somewhere abroad, like I need to do something big and flashy. But ultimately, as a medical student, you're going to be in the U.S. and you're going to be working for your local communities. So I think it's immensely valuable to also be involved with um, who you're living with. And I think, I think you really need to show the admissions committee that it's not just about checking off boxes and that's also another reason why I think a lot of admissions committees are looking for a longitudinal experience with service and for research I think it's also easy to think that you have to do biomedical research but I did I did work in a lab for um, three years, but I also did a lot of research that was related to my major, so this was more medical anthropology kind of stuff. And that, surprisingly, was brought up way more than um, my research in the lab. Yeah, um, so on the, on the actual application to med school, they usually ask you to like kind of rank your top three activities that really impacted you, so I can just, go, I can just tell you guys that. Oh, nice. Just to be brief, I guess. Um, so... Two of them were um, service-related. One of them was Duke Engage going to Tanzania that summer. Um, and that, to me, really kind of highlighted, um, you know, my understanding of how medicine connects with the community. And, how, and I think we've touched on that plenty yeah. and how that's super important. And then my other uh, service-related one was hospice. Um, and hospice volunteering was really amazing for me. I mean, I think that was a year or two that I did um, volunteering with them. Um, I think that one highlighted more the, the one-on-one connection that you have with the patient, which is also huge in, me- in medicine, right? Um, and I know for a fact that, at least at Duke, hospice is one of those activities where, I mean, they love it. They really, really love it because you see that a very vulnerable connection with mm-hmm. this patient or, you know, with this person, really. Um, and you really get to explore, like, the humility in medicine, which is really so key in everything that you do in medicine. So that was, I think, those two service things, one with the community, one with the actual one-on-one individual, were huge. Um, and then the other one that I did was, um, I was actually a dance captain over here for two years. Um, and I think that, to me, like, still is one of my more, like, most formative experiences, because just the leadership that it highlights, um, especially in medicine, which is a very, I mean, we need more leaders in medicine. I think if you ask any clinician that, they'll tell you that. Um, very, very, I mean, urgently, we need more leaders. So knowing how to communicate with the team, knowing how to lead a team, um, knowing how to, you know, like, f- dig deep into your passion, even when, like, 
you're at a low point, things aren't going super well, that's huge in medicine, and you need that, you know, like, people will die on you, there's, there's never, you, no one has a 100% success rate, and it's important to be able to come out of that and lead yourself and other people. Um, quick note about research, and I think you touched on this, Nally, um, it doesn't need to be basic science. I think a lot of people kind of hate the basic science part about research. Some people love it, but basic science is an unforgiving field. It is very hard to find success. And I think that, you know, you don't have to do basic science research in, um, as a pre-med. You can do any kind of research you want. It can be clinical. It can be medical anthropology. It can be anything. And people will be interested in it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, going through this research year at Duke, it's... I think the majority of our class is not doing basic science research. And that's just a testament to how many different ways you can impact medicine through research, through fieldwork, through anything, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, again, it comes down to what are you passionate about? What can you talk about? Um, and that's what's most important. So don't yeah. beat yourself up. Oh, I love that. And I think I just want to mention something you were talking about, humility. Just this last week, um, one of the clinical faculty at Duke was saying that humility is the foundation of all virtues. Who and was that? Dr. Yi. Oh, God, I love yes, Dr. Yi. Yes, yes. So I think the, the whole idea behind, like, having to do service as part of the medical application process, ultimately they're looking for people with humility. So yeah. t- that kind of work is, I think, really important. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so our next question is, did you decide to do a gap year? Why or why not? And if you did, what did you do during it? Okay, so I did a gap year. Um, I probably knew I was going to take a gap year starting my junior year just because of my major, and there was a bunch of classes I wanted to take, and I wasn't going to fit them all in time to graduate. So when I graduated, I went home for about five months, finished up my prereqs at a local university, then I moved to Palestine to take a teaching job. I was teaching high school science. I stayed there a year, and that year I was also applying to medical school. Got it. I did not take a gap year. I took a gap semester. Um, I graduated really in December 2014, um, then took that last semester to do, like I said, some startup work. Really fun. Um, I do think it helps a lot of people to take a gap year. And I think more and more we're seeing that the majority of people that go into med school do take a gap year. The average age in our class is 26. So yeah, I think there's a lot of cool things you can do that's going to Palestine is amazing and like if you can do stuff like that you absolutely should do that so I guess uh, a quick like follow-up question is you kind of touched on it but what do you think the profile is of someone who should take a gap year is it just if they have an opportunity like that that seems really great that they shouldn't pass up or is there sort of another profile I'm personally really biased and say everyone should take a gap year if you can just because your medical school is four years then you have residencies which is gonna be at least three years so the opportunity to do anything really is going to be really, really limited. And there's like, there's no rush to go to medical school. Like it's still going to be there. It's not going anywhere. And I think there's a real advantage to having some, I don't know if life experience is the right word, but having some sort of kind of an idea of what kind of physician you want to be and what you want to accomplish. And I think taking time off is really helpful for that. But um, some people really like going straight through, and that's a great thing for them. But I think it's, I, it's definitely gap years have much less of a stigma than they did, like, say, five sure. years ago. How are you all finding medical school now? Is there anything that you didn't expect? Sure. Um, so, I mean, this is my third year now, so, like, a little bit over halfway done. Uh, med- medical school is, like, amazing. It actually is. It's much better than anyone really lets on. It, it has been some of my favorite years, and that's including college, including high school, everything. 
Um, I've learned more than I ever have. I felt more motivated to go to class, to go to work than I ever have. Learning things in my research year that I never thought I could really master. Um, meeting people that, I mean, almost like every month I'm meeting people that inspire me. My work is amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think all in all I've made the absolutely correct decision. And I can tell you like first year of medical school, and this might just be a Duke thing because we have this like condensed curriculum. I thought it might be hard and it was hard, but it's also just like, there's so much time to really meet people, do things at your own pace. And like, you know, this, this is a lifelong learning kind of, kind of deal. And it's just, it's an, it's an amazing feeling that you're going to work and like your only job really is to learn and like yeah. show up and, you know, be the best student you can be. It's incredible. I love it. Oh, that's great. So I'm only in my first year, so I have less of a, less experience, but it has been really awesome in the sense that I think it's it's such a long journey to get from pre-med and then finally you're in medical school and you're like, okay, this is, I'm finally learning what I wanted to learn. It's definitely a lot of work, but it is very manageable, which is um, a good thing. I was a little bit scared when I first um, started. That was going to be crazy. The only challenging thing I think so far is that Coming from a more of a humanities background, medical school is jolting in the way that it's mostly focused on um, like biology and understanding the body, how the body works from a biomedical perspective. And there is, I think, now a push from medical schools to understand sort of how do social determinants and cultural determinants of health play into that. But um, yeah, it's just, it's it has been quite different than my undergraduate experience. That's interesting. Um, would you say that kind of holds for the next couple of years, that sort of focus on the, I don't know, strictly biological yeah. part? It really, so the most that you'll see is during these preclinical years. So for Duke, that's one year. For other places, it's up to two years. Um, as you go further and further into medicine, even as a resident or fellow attending, I think the feeling you get is that it moves further away from this very like biological heavy side to more of this like now we master the humanistic side and you'll see like what makes a great what makes a great physician great is not his ability to recite facts right it's his ability to connect with the patient mm -hmm. and ultimately that's like that's the goal yeah thank you all so much i think we're gonna end it there you guys have been amazing i'm so excited i hope you all enjoyed this episode and found it informative Again, if you found the content interesting, check out the other half of the responses from our other two panelists at akin.colab.duke.edu. Also, stay tuned for our next in the series. And if you happen to have a particular career path or area of study that you're interested in hearing about, feel free to contact us via Facebook at Akin or on our site. Once again, thank you for listening and have a great day. Bye.